welcome to the Evoke Ag podcast, the show where we take a look at the ag tech and food innovations changing the future of farming. Hello and welcome to the Evoke Ag podcast. I'm your host, Steve Honor. This week, we caught up with Mark Allison, the CEO of one of Australia's largest agribusinesses, Elders. Mark spoke at Evoke Ag in Melbourne back in 2020, a time before Australia and the world was plunged into a lockdown as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. At the time, Australia had suffered one of its worst droughts on record and bushfires had ravaged large parts of the community. Now as Australia starts to emerge from the pandemic to the new normal, and with the agricultural sector booming, Mark shares with us his optimism for the future of Australian agriculture and how profitability, productivity and sustainability will all be key drivers for the local industry going forward. Mark caught up with our Vocag contributor, Megan Woodward. I'm thrilled to have the CEO of Elders, Mark Allison, joining me today. Elders have been the platinum partner of Evoke Ag since the event launched in 2019, and we last saw Mark speak at Evoke Ag 2020, just before the world went into lockdown. And Mark, you gave a great presentation on farming trends and some of the big themes coming through agribusiness at the time. I'd love a refresher with perhaps some... a little bit of hindsight in there for good measure coming up two years ago before we knew what was on the horizon. What were your predicted trends and themes in farming and agribusiness? What's what's sort of proven to come to fruition and what's had to break through and, and reshape over the last nearly two years? Yeah, I, I think it was. Uh, it's interesting times, isn't it? Because that's, as you said, just before COVID. And uh, it was actually the last time, just before that was the last time I was in China. And uh, and apart from COVID, uh, some of the China geopolitical issues with Australia and the implications for agriculture, both pre-farm gate and post-farm gate, ha- have been flowing through. So th- there's been a, a number of issues at the same time uh, leading up to that conference. The, there was the, uh, the uh, there were bushfires through southern Australia and, uh, and also the breaking of... Uh, of the 100-year East Coast drought. So <clears throat> when we look at that, that point, I think I had been reflecting on our target of 100 billion uh, production, ag production pre-farm gate, and uh, I think we dropped to, we started at 60 billion, dropped to 47, I think, during the drought period, and uh, and the need for us to be able to use everything in our power, uh, particularly innovation and uh, ag tech initiatives, uh, to drive productivity and production and sustainability uh, through uh, to the 100 billion target in 2030. So, yeah, lots of lots of interesting things have happened, as we're all aware, during those two years. Absolutely. Tell me a bit about the last 18 months. What has it looked like for elders and your key clients? It's been quite at odds with uh, with metropolitan Australia and the, and the uh, world in general because ag- agriculture has been uh, uh, booming in many uh, respects. There's been, uh, as I mentioned, the breaking of, uh, of the drought, uh, the uh, feed availability, uh, cropping, the, the first year out of... Uh, out of a drought with broadacre cropping, uh, a bounce back in uh, in production the year after then, with certainly with a number of the uh, uh, nutrients uh, used up in the soil uh, post the uh, 
drought-enforced fallow period, uh, then a big upswing in inputs, uh, lots of new technologies coming through, and uh, as I say, a bounce back to uh, close to 70 billion uh, uh, production. Uh, I, I think um, in some ways the, the big innovations uh, ha- haven't uh, haven't actually been the biggest part of the story. Uh, the biggest part of the story is uh, is all of the pre-work done prior. And, uh, and then being able to take advantage of uh, average and above average seasonal conditions throughout agribusiness. Absolutely. So what are some of those things that we can take advantage of or people are taking advantage of and I guess reshaping the way that they do business or at least get those, um, I guess, baseline community expectations of what is possible in Australian ag? Yeah, I think, um, I think the last two years has seen a continuing and strengthening trend around the need for sustainability. Uh, I think I finished that address uh, back then with the commentary of the, th- the three key objectives of, uh, of ag tech initiatives and innovation initiatives being uh, the progress in productivity because we've been flat for a number of years are uh, generally across agriculture since 1997. Uh, the uh, 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 profitability, obviously the key, uh, the key driver and funder of uh, a number of these innovations. But, but I think increasingly of increasing importance is sustainability. So using uh, technology to ensure the most efficient and targeted uh, 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 pesticide application, water management and uh, nutrient application and use uh, and uh, enhancing genetics to uh, to drive greater efficiency uh, through, uh, but but with a with a very strong sustainability lens across land, water, air, uh, etc. How do you see that? I guess we've we've come to realise that you know it's impossible to predict the future more so than we ever ever foresaw. How, but some of these trends that you talk about and these these renewed focuses, I guess, how do you think on um, how they may change farming in the near and distant future? Yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a very good question because sometimes I think we uh, we jump at the generic. Uh, response and understanding, and uh, you know, as, as an example, you know, we, we often talk about value adding Australian agriculture through technology uh, for the world, and uh, and having niche products. But when you know, the large proportion of our uh, global commodities are actually commodities, uh, cereal and beef, and so the targeting of uh, of initiatives and ag tech uh, innovation uh, in, in that respect uh, would be at reducing cost, increasing quality. Uh, but uh, it's not so much uh, niche differentiation. From a sustainability viewpoint, the combination of, of pro- as, I, as I say, pr- productivity, profitability and sustainability is where it's at. And uh, Agribusiness Australia recently uh, did some research on the changing, uh, the effect of changing community expectations uh, on uh, Australian agribusiness. And, and in that there was, there was some uh, research that showed that Metropolitan communities and uh, regional rural agricultural communities have exactly the same view on environment, water, like all of these sustainability issues. The fundamental difference in their expectation is around timeline, uh, where our metropolitan um, cousins uh, want uh, everything fixed ASAP, uh, and uh, and our regional rural and agri- agricultural cousins have skin in the game, and therefore. Uh, can want to progress at a rate that allows them uh, financial and commercial uh, uh, practicality. So, so I think what's changed, just to answer your question directly, is that the alignment 
of uh, these uh, greater uh, sustainability initiatives with short and mid-term profitability, which makes it commercially viable. That's right. What sort of opportunity does that represent for Australian farmers in a real day-to-day tangible way? Um, well, it's, you know, it's so important. And, and you know, the uh, evolution of Australian agriculture in terms of uh, its environmental awareness, its focus on uh, on water, its focus on, uh, you know, the adoption of conservation tillage uh, through the 80s, which, which meant there were no longer dust storms in cities and marginal land could be taken out of production. I, I think it's a further advancement of this. Uh, you know, the, the active uh, decisions being made now in uh, carbon farming, in taking uh, land out of production uh, with the view that uh, the innovations can allow you to uh, produce more in a, in a much more uh, effective and sustainable way and commercially. Yeah, and I guess that's that reflective of what you talk about there with that, um, I guess, meeting of expectations between city folk and those in the rural game, but understanding those timeframes. I'm interested to know some of the the strategies that did come out of that research that you mentioned there that Agribusiness Australia did. What were some of the strategies that were identified to actually be able to meet those changing community expectations? Yeah, it's, it's a good question and it's yeah, it's it's probably not surprising. Uh, I, I was a little bit surprised when we were first working through it. But the, the, the same initiatives that drive uh, global growth and competitiveness of Australian agriculture are uh, are uh, inherent in in these strategies. So if we if we start with our um, domestic infrastructure, uh, both physical and uh, and if we we start with physical, in order to be internationally competitive, you know, cost per ton or whatever it happens to be to transport uh, product to to port and to market, uh, but, but uh, as importantly, uh, digital infrastructure, which allows a number of the unique uh, platforms to be adopted that drives efficiency, that uh, correlates financial with genetic, with uh, with pasture, with water, like all the key variables that you'd want to consider. Um, so in the infrastructure area, both physical and uh, and uh, digital uh, are absolutely critical. Uh, if we look at the, um, in terms of the R&D components, this uh, prioritising of the RDC money, uh, whether it be GRDC, MLA, Horticulture Innovation, uh, you know, wall, et cetera, uh, targeting those on, on the highest national good um, uh, uh, focal points because as as levy raised money, um, a number of the priorities that are set through these organisations are for uh, specific grower interest R and D. Uh, the ma- funds are matched fifty fifty with the government, so the Greater Australia pays for half of these this uh, research, and uh, and as such, there should be national good prioritisation as opposed to. Uh, grower-directed uh, prioritisation as the only driver. I, I think uh, with, with the Innovation Australia being established to help um, with those prioritisations, that, that's a step forward. But but it's, I, I think that's a critical area and, and, you know, puts the horsepower behind a lot of the Evoke Ag uh, uh, discussions in terms of getting money uh, for early startups, for innovative uh, technologies and then driving adoption. I, I think the, the next one around community expectations needing to be ahead of community expectations. I mean, my my deep belief as a, a career ag guy from far north Queensland is that that is inherent 
in all uh, in the, the majority of agricultural people. I mean, that we. I mean, that that's how we live. That's what we are. So uh, I think providing technologies and uh, channels to allow us to, uh, you know, have commercial uh, uh, prof- profitability, productivity, while meeting those expectations and the sustainability that we actually inherently want, is quite important. And I think the final one, which may fall a little bit outside. Uh, this area is around um, is around this market access and and knowing that uh, hitting those standards will be uh, and quality and price uh, through our efficiencies will actually uh, open up uh, uh, international markets that may not currently be available uh, and uh, rather than just trading commodities uh, to uh, third world countries where where we've actually got uh, quality products with uh, traceability, with uh, low-carbon footprints that are actually uh, uh, the, uh, the sort of products that uh, that market pay, pays a premium, premium for. Absolutely. So many points I could go back and pick there to discuss with you, Mark, and it's really interesting to hear you make that connection and I guess it speaks to the research that you've been doing around the understanding of the levy payer and the fact that 50% of it is coming from everyday Australians as well in the way it's co-invested. You talked about those opportunities and the ag tech and and the big innovation that's coming and I could hear the excitement in your voice. I'm keen to know from both a personal and professional perspective, what is, do you think, the most exciting thing that is on the radar for the next 12 months for Australian ag? What Those opportunities that go beyond what's already in place um, and what, what we can actually achieve. Yeah, I, I mean, my sense, and I think we're we're seeing it across multiple issues uh, throughout the community and society. But the the uh, the the Australian people, uh, both metropolitan and uh, regional rural, uh, are primed with two years of lockdowns and uh, uh, and uh, fundamental changes in lifestyle through COVID. Are primed for a quantum change. So I think a number of the adoption curves, uh, whether it be in animal production, whether it be genetics, uh, uh, you know, the water monitoring, the pasture monitoring, uh, growing the uh, efficiency, the uh, emissions reductions through feed additives in uh, in intensive uh, animal production, or and in the uh, uh, crop production area, both horticulture intensive and uh, and broadacre. I, I think we're primed for breakthroughs, and uh, and I'm thinking. A bit like the online world that we've uh, we've been taught to appreciate in the last two years, I'm thinking with the digital infrastructure advancements in regional rural Australia, uh, I'm, I'm thinking that this is, this is a quantum change period that's ahead of us in the next two years, and uh, and super excited about that because you know uh, again the, the what the common belief and the reality in many issues is different, but the you know, common belief that, uh, you know, the average age of Australian farmers is 55, 56 years old and uh, therefore we've got to wait for the next generation to come through to adopt uh, digital um, enhancements, et cetera, et cetera, is, is not borne out in uh, a, num- a bunch of the research. You know, we, we've, uh, I'm chair of Auctions Plus uh, and uh, we, we see the training regimes aren't for people that are 20 and 18 and 25. I mean, there's there's 45, 55, uh, you know, 60 year olds being trained up on these online technologies. So, so my sense is that the uh, the environment, if we see it like uh, growing a growing a crop, you know, the environment is now right. That there's moisture in the soil. Uh, we can put the fertilizer on, which is the ag tech innovation, and uh, the sun shining, and uh, away we go. 
you paint a beautiful, beautiful picture. And obviously, as the CEO of Elders, it must be beyond encouraging to see that that is the landscape that um, Elders employees are working with um, your staff and the clients on, on the ground addressing these challenges and the opportunities that are available to them. I'd love to speak to you about some of the the feedback, both anecdotal and, you know, coming through each day in regards to your guys and girls that you have with boots on the ground, the sort of the sentiment that they're getting back um, as they come through the other side of finally being officially classed as an essential service and essential industry um, from the clients that you work with and, and their feeling of um, where where 22 and beyond looks like. Yeah, I, I think a number of my comments are informed by uh, discussions uh, with the front end, whether it be clients or our people. Uh, you know, for elders, uh, yeah, this is our 182nd year. So uh, I always uh, think of elders, and, and I did when I, when I was running the, uh, when I was CEO of the competitor, but uh, exactly the same thought that, uh, you know, elders' uh, progress in history has paralleled Australian agriculture's uh, progress in history. So we've got clients that are four or five generation uh, clients, and, uh, and I, th- I think the optimism and the anticipation is fairly broadly shared. Uh, if if I could uh, be so bold to make that generalisation, uh, I, I think you know that the, the the timing is uh, it's around that, and and we're seeing these quantum changes in thought processes uh, that uh, that uh, you know normally take a long time to come to place, but it's really been hothoused by by the environment we've just been through. You know, we two years ago the, the prospect of uh, having a uh, massive uh, deficit that we freely uh, uh, partook of uh, and uh, putting uh, health above economics um, would have been a long, long debate. But we did it, and we did it very quickly and very comfortably. Uh, so so I think that mindset change and the pragmatism, but, but also the environment. I mean, the, the, in Australian agriculture, we've got uh, a minimum of another eight, you know, 18, uh, 18 months to two to three years of uh, good conditions uh, across the board. Uh, and uh, all, all things being equal. So, um, and, you know, there's uh, more cash uh, floating around than there has been for a long time over the last couple of seasons. So uh, so I think it's primed nicely. But so, so really the challenge for, you know, a platform and an event like Evoke is to bring forth the every nook and cranny of the, the best uh, innovative, unique uh, idea technology uh, because the environment's a positive environment. Correct. And you've um, half answered my next question, but I was going to take you to um, the podium of Evoke Ag 2022. What do you plan to be speaking about? And also from with your elders hat on, what do you hope to see? What are you looking for? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, I I always go back to the real and practical. So I've, you know, my background, I, uh, so uh, sugarcane cattle from North Queensland, uh, agronomist, research agronomist in the heady days of Monsanto with conservation tillage and all the wonderful technologies we developed there. So that's that's my core background before I did all my business uh, calls and stuff like that. So so I always um, I always look at practical, real stuff, not dreamy stuff, not chasing butterflies, uh, and that have uh, a short to midterm direct benefits. Uh, and they're they're the sort of initiatives. Uh, that I, I, I think the uh, the market needs. I um, I recall a discussion uh, uh, with a, a group uh, at the Melbourne Evoke and the first uh, uh, Evoke Ag, and uh, the uh, you know there was a bit of a debate around you know, what's wrong with uh, all of our 
our primary producers where they just don't ad- adopt technology quick enough. You know, they're all laggards. And uh, and the debate, and, and I, I absolutely agree with the assessment. The assessment of, uh, of uh, these producers was, no, no, you've completely missed the point. We will adopt anything that is practical, real, and short to midterm uh, today, straight away, faster than anyone. We don't have to go to boards. We don't have to get sign-offs. We just do it. Uh, if if it takes a lot of effort, if it's not doesn't really deliver what it's promised, if it's just a dream, forget about it. I love that. That's a great point. And as a fellow North Queenslander who is happy to talk cane and cattle until the cows come home, literally, I love the point that you make about just um, getting back to basics and getting on on with it. And um, I'd love your thoughts on on Northern Australia uh, agriculture at the moment, because for by and large, it's just been you know, on a day-to-day basis, so untouched uh, by the pandemic. Have you seen anything that's come out of that? those sectors that, um, I guess, thrive in Northern Australia and the new stuff that's coming on board with introductions back into the cotton and rice and that kind of stuff that has been, I guess, given a platform to really shine while the rest of the country scrambles? Um, and what yeah. I'm asking here for, Mark, is to tell mm. me that everything is better in North Queensland. Well, yes. <laughs> and we're thinkers. <laughs> I think that's clear and obvious from from my viewpoint. Uh, and in fact, I was talking to uh, to uh, our dear old friends at uh, the Cowboys, uh, uh, the North Queensland Cowboys, uh, a couple of days ago, and um, who, who I know quite well. And uh, and they were saying, "Listen, everything's normal here. The pandemic's done nothing. It's just meant we've had more footy games at home." Uh, so uh, I thought that was uh, this kind of low pulse rate practical approach. I, I, I I'm not sure. If there's been uh, a, a massive leap forward uh, uh, fr- from what I'm seeing, uh, I, uh, I, I think some of the uh, some of the geopolitical issues have put a uh, greater focus on um, on population and security. You know, through uh, particularly if you go across to the Northern Territory, and the implications for the uh, for the Northern pastoral cattle markets. Uh, has also been heightened with volumes dropping off and high cattle prices, as we know, and the implications for the uh, the very important live export market up there. But but I, I, that has that has turned a lot of uh, my colleagues uh, up north to uh, to looking at further efficiency, further innovation, uh, ways of uh, strengthening, uh, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the, the genetics, the productivity of grassland, the fecundity rates, uh, all of these sorts of base initiatives, but in a different way. So I, I couldn't put my finger on any uh, specific issue, uh, but um, I, I think that environment is, is driving a, a hunger and a desire for greater efficiency in a way I spoke about earlier. Absolutely. Mark, I know your time is wrapping up, but I do want to ask um, if we were lucky enough to, to have 20 minutes together again um, this time next year in October 2022, what do you hope you could tell me about the state of play in Australian ag and uh, what we've got available to us and what's being made possible? Yeah, well, well, I, I think um, you know, now's the time for big progress. I mean, we, we, if I mean, there, there are many ways to measure this, but uh, if we just go really uh, blunt instrument measurement, you say, well, we were at sixty billion when we set a hundred billion target. We dropped to forty-seven. Now we're back up to seventy. Uh, that there'd be significant progress around um, around that target, and uh, and it would be driven in an average season, which means there's significant uh, uplift in uh, in productivity. 
And um, and uh, I mean, you know, this this digital infrastructure is such an incredible uh, critical uh, building block uh, for us to really make a, a big leap forward in uh, in our technological um, uplift. So uh, so I'd like to see that some of the nation building stuff is really taking traction, and without we've been able to take advantage of a bunch of the initiatives that have been showcased at the uh, at the upcoming um, Vocag um, event. That's great, Mark. We can't wait to see you. Thank you so much for your time and uh, here's to 2022. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks very much. Thank you. That was Mark Allison, the CEO of Elders, speaking with our Vocag contributor, Megan Woodward. Thanks for listening today. My name is Steve Honor, and to stay up to date with food innovations changing the future of farming, be sure to follow our Vocag on your preferred social media channel or head to our website, avokeag.com. And until next time, have a great day.